everyone, and welcome to the Still in Motion podcast, where we talk about dance and dance photography from both sides of the camera. I'm Catherine. I'm Jonathan, and we're back. It's been a couple weeks. Oh my goodness, things are so busy right now. <laughs> yeah, things have been crazy. It's like, are we recording this weekend? Yes, maybe. Um, but if you haven't already, listen to our last episode, Jackie's... That was our last one, right? Jackie Medlock? Yeah. Yeah, well, we had recorded one after that, and then things got so busy, I didn't get a chance to edit it. And it was like, we talked a lot about a lot of things that were like time sensitive, like, so let's just not post it. So yeah, <laughs> listen to Jackie's episode. It's really good. I was listening to it again, and we were even talking about how uh, Jackie uh, crops and doesn't, uh, like, she'll, she'll shoot, like, zoomed out and then crop in, and how it's so different from both of our styles. Yeah, so it's, it's just pretty cool. cool to figure out or to learn about how other people do things. Yeah. But uh, let's do some, uh, let's catch up. So what have you been up to? Well, you have some really big news that we were talking about that you can't reveal quite yet. Yeah, I'll have some some super big news maybe next week. Yeah, but uh, what else has been going on with you? What else is new? Well, I, I did something pretty cool this past week. So um, how to explain? Okay, my boyfriend Elijah's cousin's boyfriend or something some friend family <laughs> relationship like space balls thing have, have you seen space balls before <laughs> no i haven't oh there's this what it's happens like, it's, a, it's a parody of star wars but there's like a moment where like how do i know you you're my sisters uncles boyfriends nephews something 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 like girlfriends former roommate i was like okay yep <laughs> whenever people tell it. me those things like that's what it feels like <laughs> um but anyway this guy got um a dslr camera for his birthday like uh i think it's his birthday um a canon rebel t6 i is that one of them mm-hmm. one of one with the t and the i and some number in between um, <laughs> yeah the rebel series yeah um but along with the camera um she got him she wanted to like get him a class type thing on like how to use it and they thought of me because they knew that i did photography oh snap um so she asked me she was like would you be willing like along with this camera gift to give him like a little camera lesson so that he knows how to use it Um, oh cool and we had been planning for a while like a time to do it through zoom because they live in wisconsin so like we weren't going to meet up even pandemic or not like it was going to be through (laughs) zoom or something um and we had been like planning for a while and it finally happened this past week um we're doing like two like a first class then he's gonna um like work with the camera for a couple weeks and then we're going to check in again so I can answer other questions but it was so much fun actually like I know you do a lot of like teaching about camera stuff with your whole like dance photography thing at ACDA Mm -hmm. and the boot camp you taught at um, Bates and stuff but this was kind of my first time like actually my second I've I did another little one-on-one camera class before this but my first time like kind of teaching somebody with like no experience using a camera like the basics of the exposure triangle and like what aperture is and what shutter speed is so i really enjoyed it it was like a cool. ton of fun i want to do more of that kind of thing maybe going forward so was the format of the class kind of like a lecture first you told him about like all the shutter speed iso stuff or was it just answering questions the whole time it was it was mostly like a lecture type thing um i mean not like that formal as it was just me and him chatting about it right. um but explaining like okay before we even get into it like how does the actual camera work how do these things affect each other because everything affects something else um Mm -hmm. and trying to like break it down like you know we have a tendency when we're talking to each other to just like get really nerdy about stuff but like for somebody who just has a camera they just got out of the box and they've never used it like how do you explain it in a way that's really practical um but also like he's interested in like the nerdy stuff about it too like he doesn't want to just put it on auto and like take pictures like he wants to learn how it works and everything so it was fun to kind of find that balance um yeah it was really it was really great and then there were some things that came up that like I had no idea what they were about like I can't even remember but they're they're like the semi-automatic new features that the rebel has like my rebel xs didn't really have any of these things but there was something about like in-camera exposure correction when shooting in manual there's like a thing you can turn on but that is not not manual anymore (laughs) exactly it it seemed like it was shooting in manual and then if like you have a section that's really blown out it like tries to fix it for you 
or something. I was like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't turn that on. I don't use that. I don't really know what it is. <laughs> yeah, like if you're going to shoot in manual mode, then shoot in manual mode. Yeah. Or else go to a semi-auto mode. I feel like right. it defeats the purpose of shooting in manual if you have Plus, that like, kind of feature when you're when you're just learning, like you need the direct feedback of like, these were my settings and this is how the photo looks. If the camera is right. like tweaking it for you, you're like, oh, that's weird. I changed the settings and the photo doesn't really look that different because it was underexposed and you changed the settings, but the camera like corrected it for you. Um, I don't know a lot about what this setting is, but I think it's funny that it's in the camera, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and there's it, so much we didn't even talk about. Like we hardly talked about like white balance. We hardly right. talked about focus points or focus modes or how long uh, was your session it was supposed to be 45 minutes it ended up being about an hour and a half okay. like because i wasn't going to be like we need to wrap this up like we were having a good time <laughs> just chatting as like friends yeah it was just interesting how um so be, okay and i bring this up because one of the seniors at one of my dance studios she's going to, she's planning on going to school to study i think dance and photography Oh, either sweet. as like a double major or like as a major and a minor and it just got me thinking like the fact that you just had this like hour and 45 minute session with someone and you did a lot of the photography basics you know like I bet if you did that for like a week you would have covered all the basics that person needed to mm -hmm. know and more and then after that they could just start shooting and you know like learn the rest on their own or the fact that they can just go straight to you and ask like that's really yeah. valuable and photography is one of the few areas where I'm like, I wonder if it's a not okay. I don't want to say total waste of money to go mm -hmm. study it in college, but like for a dance, for example, you could at least argue that that's where you make all your connections. That's, you know, if you really want to be part of the industry and I guess for photography, you have that, that as well. But I feel like with photography, there are still um, there's like PPA, there are other organizations, there are things that you can join regardless if you've got your degree or not, where you can still really build that network. Whereas dance, it's a little bit harder. Yeah. And so I'm just like, is it, I was like, do I tell this college student, maybe don't go study it as a degree in college? Like you can still work on it in college. You can still go take classes about it in college, but you don't need to major in it and spend well, also, all that money. All of our guests who have like minored or majored in photography in school have told us that it's been mostly film as well. And like oh, yeah. my friends who studied photography at Colby, like they did a lot of stuff with developing film, dark rooms, thinking about composition just as like art, you know, like whereas like studying dance in school, that's where I made like the majority of my choreography projects because you just have a studio that's available to you and people mm -hmm. who can be in your work. Like it's hard to not be in school and to learn how to choreograph because the resources you need are the people in the space and that's mm -hmm. what you get in the mentorship and you get all of that in school but like yeah photography i mean look at us neither of us like majored in photography all all of our guests none of them have majored in photography like maybe they studied it in school but yeah that's an interesting thought yeah hmm. i mean even nowadays i would even it's just weird because, you know, I have these seniors graduating and some of them have reached out to me just asking for advice. And I am like 50-50 sometimes like recommending them actually going to study dance as a degree because hmm. you don't need it, but it helps, you know. And I think I think the one nice thing that the the most valuable thing I got from college as a dance major was the fact that it opened my eyes to so many other possibilities like seeing like what I could actually do with dance because before college I really thought it was just commercial dance go dance behind an artist you know like a singer and going to college I was like oh wow there's concert dance oh there's choreography oh there's teaching there's this thing there's mm -hmm. this thing there's this thing I met people you know I think that's the valuable part and maybe photography is the same but yeah I don't know it's so hard now recommending people to go to college to study a degree in an art field I feel like because it's not lucrative you're gonna be paying that off for a while unless you aren't you're on scholarship like you can do like we didn't study photography and now we're, we both have businesses like you could do mm -hmm. the same thing for photography you could do the same for dance like I have I know plenty of dancers in the DC area that didn't study dance in college and now it's like their full-time thing you know yeah. so it's like 
when they're asking me for advice, I'm like, how how hard should I be saying no? <laughs> like, rethink yeah. this. You know, like, it's your life. And, and it's it was a great experience. Yeah, it totally depends on, like, the genre the genre of dance that you're doing too like but the, that's the thing though it can also totally change i yeah. went into college being like i'm gonna be a backup commercial dancer and i left being a like a almost like postmodern concert stage you know mm-hmm. dancer so i was like that's part of what college is for too like to just you know you'll change your mind so yeah you know, yeah i don't know it's hard <laughs> i think by going to college for dance you learn all of the stuff that's out there that you didn't know before. Like I thought there was only like ballet and like studio jazz dance before college. And then it's like, you learn that there are all of these other genres that you can do if you want. But like, I think all of the dance that I've done in New York here since college, I don't think I would have had any clue how to get involved in that if it wasn't for my dance major. Like I didn't know that any of these small theaters existed. I didn't know how to apply for shows or like, write grant applications or where to take classes like if I had just gone straight from high school to New York no way would I have known that um Mm -hmm. but that being said if I had gone straight from high school to New York maybe I would have been more involved in like a commercial dance scene or auditioned for bigger dance companies or something you know so it's not that I wouldn't have been successful but what I did here needed the degree that I had yeah well and it's just an interesting thought on how I feel like the university level is kind of where the people a lot of people get introduced to the concert dance scene mm-hmm. so like if dance programs went away commercial dance i think would be fine because that's what you see on tv but like yeah the concert dancing would really suffer because <laughs> that's yeah that's the main focus right now in programs so anyways wow that's a weird tangent it's related though teaching yeah. things yeah so when are you having your next session with him I don't know. It'll probably be a few weeks. I want to give him like time to really get out. And the next one's going to be like me answering his questions for the most part. Um, Mm. So I want him to like have spent enough time with the camera that he has questions for me. Right. Um, But he was already like getting super excited. Like we were doing this in the evening. So the sun was setting like through his window. And he was like, yeah, if I'm like in AV or TV mode, like a semi-automatic mode and I'm pointing it at the camera you know, the the sun is properly exposed and the window is totally dark around it. But then if I like meter off of the window frame, now the sun is super bright and the window frame looks fine, you know, like already. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's already that, got the lingo down. <laughs> yeah, like the, the camera itself can't pick up the range that your eye can. So like that's always kind of the game, right? If like something's going to be too dark, what are you properly exposing for? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's kind of the fun part is when you figure out like, how the camera's actually thinking like what's actually possible when you're taking a picture of something and then like making decisions based on that so i think it's super cool that like someone with no camera experience got a camera you know like what a cool gift that is yeah it's just like giving somebody this whole new fun way of thinking about like things and i don't know I think it's cool. No, I no, I agree. <laughs> I actually, it's it's been interesting. I've had a few friends during quarantine email me about, hey, I want to get a camera now that I have time, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun going and, and researching cameras and like, okay, what are your needs? What are you trying to do? What's your budget? You know, mm-hmm. all those things. Um, yeah, especially yeah. with like we've talked about this before, but with iPhones and stuff being so good, part of me has felt like people wanting DSLR cameras was going to die out. But like, I almost think the opposite has happened. People are getting interested in photography because they're able to take really cool pictures. And then they're like, oh wait, maybe I should get a camera. And speaking of getting a camera. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at that perfect segue. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so I guess the biggest news for me right now is, uh, so last Thursday, uh, Canon announced the new R6 and R5, their new mirrorless cameras. And uh, on Friday, <laughs> Catherine. No, was it Friday? No, yesterday, Saturday. I don't even know. Sa- Saturday sure? Ca- or Friday? We, we talked yesterday. No, oh no, it wasn't. It was wow, Friday. time flies. Holy crap! I'm confused. Uh, yeah. And then Friday, I was talking to Catherine on the phone, and she convinced me. Well, she helped convince me. I was already kind of. You were so there. convinced already. Yeah. But uh, I went ahead and pre-ordered it, <laughs> so it's coming, in theory, end of July. So I'm very excited. Yeah, so you sent me that video to watch, and it was 17 minutes, and I didn't watch the whole thing. But the oh. beginning was like, <laughs> wait to pre-order 
the camera. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? Do you have any regrets? <laughs> okay, let's let's back up and get some context in case you're yeah. joining us for the first time. So, or if you're just not into camera stuff like we are because we're nerds. Um, <laughs> um, so Canon, compared to other companies, is kind of late to the mirrorless camera game already. So I'll just throw that out there. But... They just announced the R5 and R6, which is their newest mirrorless cameras, and it's like the top of the line. Like the R5 is kind of comparable to their some of their flagship stuff, um, and it was making a lot of waves because they had a lot of really cool video features that they were touting, um, and photography was also you know fairly good as well. Um, and I, well, and we've been talking about this already. So Catherine recently switched to a mirrorless camera. She got the R. Both of us used to shoot with the 5D Mark IV, which is a DSLR, and I still have that. And so I've been debating when to switch to mirrorless, not if, but like a when. And I was like, okay, I like well, new I toys. Think, I like yeah. all the specs. Like, this is to now To add time. to it, I think we've both talked about that, like, thinking 10 years down the line, like, not shooting mirrorless might not be an option anymore. Like, it's kind of clear that, like, most camera companies, including Canon, are trying to get all of their long-term clients and people to like slowly transition over to mirrorless their best lenses are coming out like only in mirrorless formats their mirrorless lenses are amazing like it's kind of like do you jump on this train now or do you like try to learn mirrorless later is how right. i think we've been sort of talking about it um yeah which is why like i could have gotten like a cheaper uh dslr like camera when mine broke maybe not another 5d mark IV, but something cheaper but like i got the r because it was cheaper and it was also mirrorless so i was like eventually i'm gonna have to learn this anyway right mm -hmm. yeah so i had you know been reading all the rumor sites and stuff beforehand and then right after uh there were a bunch of you know canon ambassadors that had gotten a pre-production model that released videos and all that stuff and it's, it's funny because i realized i am like the perfect a camera company customer i'm their like dream customer because i'm really into the tech so i am very likely to like get the newest shiniest thing but and my work is consistent enough that i, I need the higher end stuff to make content but my needs aren't so extreme that i need it to do like the biggest best thing that it's touting so normally you know so you have like the like on the far end like zero is like the oldest oldest stuff a hundred is like the newest like 8k video highest frame rates that like maybe might not work because it's like their newest thing i need the like 80 percent mark so no matter what camera comes out now i'm probably going to be happy with it because i don't need to push it to the extreme but the extreme makes the 80 percent that much better <laughs> if that right. makes sense so i was like i'm like their perfect customer because i don't really complain i i'm not looking for the most like extreme thing but i like the newest toy <laughs> so yeah th that's why i need friends to like talk me out of things once in a while which i did the uh, opposite of so i know i hope you're okay you're with that te terrible friend <laughs> <laughs> um but, but yeah I so i decided is, like, to get you, it you don't want to buy gear that like you want to buy gear that you can kind of grow into i think because if it's right. a camera that already like does everything that your other camera did maybe even worse you know like you want to have those features on the camera that you don't use yet that you don't even maybe understand how to use yet that you know over the next like four years you're going to be using or you're going to be needing that's well, how that's i interesting think about because it I, I so if your camera broke already and you're like you have to get a new camera i agree like might as well future proof it but it's interesting because i already have a great camera i do great work with it already and now I'm buying a much more expensive camera. I also have to buy the ring adapter because it's a mirrorless body. You know, like I have to buy a new freaking CF Express card because that's what it uses and those are expensive. Um, so it's like, when can you justify getting a new body? Because, and we had talked about, you know, I need a second body, like as in general, as a backup. So now my 5D Mark IV will be my backup body and my R5 will be the main body. But I could have easily gotten the R6 another 5d mark IV, the r all of those are great cameras and those are all cheaper so it's like figuring out that, yeah. that sweet spot of you know when you want to buy the new shiny thing like do you really totally. need it probably not but can you justify it always <laughs> i guess my thing about future proofing is more like when i was only shooting with my rebel 
and I like didn't have that much photography work and I wasn't that good but I was just getting into it and I chose to buy like the 5D Mark IV which is way more than I needed at that time but then that camera allowed me over the next like two and a half years to take on jobs that like if I had bought a lower level camera I wouldn't have been able to do and then I would have needed to upgrade again you mm-hmm. know so it kind of makes it like the sky's your limit if you have that really good gear yeah um, from the beginning but yeah your situation's different because you already have a 5d mark 4 yeah <laughs> so like you already have a fantastic camera but i think this is totally the right choice well actually it makes me a little bit nervous to pre-order a camera because there aren't a lot of reviews out there right yet. that's the thing and well and that's what the video i sent you was talking about it was um chelsea and tony northrup in case mm-hmm. you don't know them they're really well-known photographers they do a lot of reviews um and, you watched the whole thing, right? Oh yeah, I I was I've been watching videos like nonstop, like people talking about it who already had it, people who haven't had a chance to hold it, but just look at the specs, you know. Yeah. Um, so and I their, didn't their watch biggest, it. So can you summarize that video? Yeah, their biggest thing was they wish that pe- they said people should wait for reviews to come out before they order it, uh, because and their argument was you know everyone that's been posting videos of talking about their experience are all biased towards canon because they're on they're all ambassadors so they can't be totally objective which is totally true and that's fair and they can all make great work and like they're not they weren't saying the work isn't beautiful but like they just they aren't objective and they can't talk about like issues a lot of the times so they're like uh shooting at 4k or 8k with the camera heating up that's been a really big controversy that like a lot of people have brought up again without like holding the camera but you know that's a thing and there are mirrorless things that you know because canon is still relatively new to the mirrorless game that they're saying there could be some issues um Mm -hmm. and after watching that and i watched a couple other people who were like kind of on the same line who were like poo-pooing canon a teeny bit um i was like "Mm, i can see some of those arguments but also actually canon is one of the few companies where like i am i have bought into their branding in the sense where, like, Canon is known to be the reliable company, and it's still viewed that way. Like, Sony is known for, like, their innovation, but with that innovation, you kind of accept that there will be failures or bigger failures. So, like, when their mirrorless bodies came out, there were, like, a lot of overheating issues that they had to, like, fix over a couple different models. Versus Canon, they came out with, like, not maybe the newest, best technology, but it worked. Like even mm-hmm. with like the R, I remember before the R came out, people were saying, "Oh, there there could be this issue. They there could be this issue." They didn't talk about this, and when it came out, everyone for the most part loved it, you know. So, I am like ninety nine percent sure that'll be my experience with it. I'll have to learn the new you know way of using it because it's a mirrorless body. But I don't yeah. for I don't think there will be those major major issues because I think mm-hmm. Canon has that reputation of testing it. So they might not always deliver, like, the newest innovative thing, but it'll be reliable. Also, like, a lot of the problems that were originally in the R camera were fixed through, like, software updates. Mm-hmm. Like, not hardware updates. Like, people didn't have to send in their cameras to get new ones. They just, like, updated the software and a lot of the problems were fixed. You know, with, like, mm-hmm. the, the problem with, like, the rolling shutter that we were talking about a while back with, like, using the silent shutter and getting, like, noodly motion problems. Like, I haven't noticed that at all. And I think that's from an update of some sort. Um, so, like, even if when you get the camera, like, there are some weird things about it, like, I'm sure they'll fix it through updates and stuff. Um, but, yeah, like, this is a really big, like, moment for Canon because this is their first, like, professional-level mirrorless camera. So if they release this R5 and then everybody who pre-orders it gets it and there's some, like, huge flaw with the camera, like that's going to be really, really bad for them. Like, worse for them than for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, sometimes that happens. You know, you have, yeah. like, the Samsung Note 7 that exploded that I'm yeah. sure they did not think of. They um, didn't plan for that. For, yeah. But uh, it's also just been interesting how people have been comparing the R5 to the 5D Mark II in the sense that, like, when the 5D Mark, when Canon came out with the 5D Mark II, it changed the industry, like, literally changed the industry because it was the first dslr full frame dslr that could shoot high quality video and so that totally opened the door to filmmakers using it you know it made it very affordable for the first time and the r5 is touting things like shooting at 8k and that is 
crazy. Like even if it's not like amazing good, the fact that they're now starting to put 8K into these tiny bodies just means down the road it's going to be mm-hmm. even better. You know, so and that's kind of how I'm seeing it. Like for the first time Canon is really pushing the envelope a little bit and like making people excited, making the other companies have to step up their game again, you know, so that's mm-hmm. why I'm excited. And it's a new toy. Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tool, not a toy. No, it's a toy. Um, that's totally that's a toy. cool though. You'll need to keep me updated on when it comes. Yeah, email. it's supposed to be shipping at the end of July, and I have a big shoot the second week of August. So I'm really hoping it gets here by the beginning of August. I have a week to play with it, and then I can use it for the first time. At that yeah, shoot. you should you should set up like a test shoot or something for yourself. Like find a oh for sure a couple I, local dancers who you know like set up some lights. Oh, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> already done. You already got it. <laughs> already booked. literally, I ordered it and then I sent out some emails like, "Hey, hope you're all doing well." So I just pre-ordered <laughs> a new camera, and when it gets here, want to do a shoot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> don't do what I did, which is just show up at the theater and hope for the best. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. We don't talk about that. <laughs> secret, secret, secret. <laughs> But hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyways. Well, all big um, things. Yeah. And then we might have a guest next week. I'm just thinking, I want to know. We need to plan, like, the episode after you get the camera and test it. We need to, like, talk a lot about it. I'm just thinking ahead. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. Just imagine we're going to have a guest and then Ken's like, hey, so uh, can we reschedule? Because we got to talk about toys. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah. It's supposed to be about you, but it's really just about Jonathan's camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's about us. Uh, um, all right, should we get into capture critique? Yeah. I was just thinking that. All right. Let's um, pull it up. Okay. Do you want me to open yours first or you open mine? Uh I'll open yours. Okay. Let's change it up. Ooh. I like the shadows in this image. Okay, so it's a trio. It's in a uh well i would say black box but it's a white box theater was this at the same show as your no it couldn't be not when you choreographed your piece because you wouldn't be taking pictures but it's the same space maybe um yeah yeah this was after my show there gotcha i couldn't remember if i've um shown pictures of this same show on capture critique but i scrolled through our instagram and didn't see any so i figured we were safe yeah i don't think so I, i haven't seen this picture before uh but it's a trio and they're backlit, so they're kind of silhouettes, very shadow, dark. Um, and there's this like warm tone in the image, which is kind of cool. Um, I love the act. You caught the perfect moment in the jump, so good job. And then the so one one dancer is doing like a saute arabesque in the air. Did I say that right? Yeah, saute. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. I haven't taken ballet in years, so I'm and guessing. I was saying that sounded a little funny. Um, coming out of my mouth saute yeah and then and there are two dancers who are in like a crouched position framing the dancer um yeah and good form toes are pointed lines are legs are straight um so you caught the right moment because a lot of times when we when you see like bent legs in pictures it's more because the photographer didn't catch the moment not because the dancer had bad technique yeah mm-hmm. um so i just want to throw that out there in case you didn't know that it's usually the <laughs> photographer's fault <laughs> in yep. these instances um but yeah no really great like you caught the moment they look very sharp um oh darn hold on i forgot to download this so now i can't zoom into it hold on um yeah it's a little noisy so i'm gonna guess you're at a pretty high iso uh but she's not the dancer is not really blurry so I'm going to guess like a shutter speed 1 over 250 f2.8. This is actually more zoomed out. So I'm going to guess if you're in the show, I'm going <laughs> to say add like 70 millimeters on your 70 to 200 f2.8 and ISO like 6400. Okay, you're very right on half of it and very wrong on the other half oh darn (laughs) (laughs) um yes 6400 it's quite noisy um 2.8 yeah i was at one four hundredth of a second oh dang yeah okay (laughs) 
I was at 24 millimeters. Oh, okay. I was going to guess that, but I was like, wait, do you even have, you have that focal length? 24 to 70? You have a 24 uh, to 70? No, it's a 16 to 24. Man, I have a 24 to 70 at work. 16 to 35. That's right. That's right. I forgot you have that lens now. 16 to 35. Yeah. Okay. Man, this is crazy. I don't even remember what gear I have. This is how long (laughs) it's been since I was taking pictures of shows. Well, because I was thinking, actually, I was wondering if those are your, like, 35 millimeter prime. Don't you have that one of those? Or no? No, I have a 28 prime. Oh. Okay, that's... I was thinking around 35, but then I was like, but she doesn't have that. Darn it. Okay, I should have gone with my first instinct. Okay. Yeah, you don't know what gear I have, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, I mean, great timing. I was purposely trying to find a photo that... Like, I don't know. We always pick, like, our favorite pictures. This is not my favorite picture from this performance. Oh, really? Um, Why? This was actually a dress rehearsal that I shot. Oh, Changing it see? up. There you go. I just feel like there's something about the... This is how the light actually looked in this moment. Uh-huh. But to me, the lighting in the actual show looked really beautiful. But in the picture, it has kind of a muddy sort of look. Mm. Um, like the, the white dancers, balance of the, of the image? Yeah, I mean... I know I could have changed that. Like I could have removed the yellowish hue by clicking on the white Marley or something. Um, but I was trying to make it look how it actually looked. And it had this like kind of warm hue in the actual mm-hmm. performance. Um, you know, the dancers are backlit because of where I was sitting. Um, you can see the top lights are on on the side and it's like creating like rim light around the dancer who's jumping. Yeah. But there, there's like not enough showing or something to make it look that cool to me like Mm. it ends up looking a little bit flat and then also because it was like 24 millimeters the dancer in the front looks a little bit distorted to me yeah Um, which is when you look at the sides you can see vignetting and some distortion yeah like if you look at her foot it's kind of stretched out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and again i could have corrected for that but like this is also kind of the question of like this was one of the shows that I shot with like a flat fee and then I gave them all the photos. So, so like, did you deliver this one? Yeah. Um, you know, I delivered this one, but um, I guess it's like how much time do you spend on each image when you're delivering like a hundred images or something right. to like remove distortion and I don't know. There's like a piece of tape on the ground that maybe I could have removed, but that was there. I don't know yeah there's another image from the same show that i've posted on my personal instagram page that's like really bright turquoise with like a line of dancers and then like a dancer through um i can like send it to you um but like i love that image way more than this one from the same show so sometimes Mm. with shows it's like i have four images i really love that i wanted like just give those to the client but then there are all of these other moments that you document like you have to give them all of them not just your top five favorites (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you know yeah, well, I think, and I, well, one thing I do like about this one is seeing all of the um, space above them, seeing the grid. It's kind of cool. Um, but I think maybe, like, if, if I was delivering the image, I would have, it's a little crooked. I would have, like, straightened it out a little bit and cropped in to show less space to the left of the dancers. Yeah, there's that line in the corner. And normally in Lightroom, you know, you can, like, when you're straightening it, you can draw that line. There's, uh-huh. like, you press, like, command or control or something and you can draw across the horizon normally i would draw down a line like that in the corner to straighten it it looks like i maybe didn't do that or i was rushing because yeah it is kind of tipped it's a little bit angled Mm -hmm. yeah no it looks nice i don't know it's not the worst image i think i mean i think it's a great moment though i think like if you wanted to with a little bit more editing looking at composition or changing color it would have looked really nice yeah and I mean, if the client was like, I want to put this on the cover of Dance Magazine or something, you know, I would spend a lot of time with the image. It was shot in raw. So there's like quite a lot that I can do with it. But that's like always a really hard balance for me when delivering show images, because I know that the client's going to use these for all kinds of things, right? Like if they get, if they post something on Dance NYC for like an audition, this picture might be used. If they are making postcards to put at all of the organizations in New York, this image might be used, but it also might not. You know, this image might just be like, they look at it once, they don't even download it. Yeah. So but it's also like, do you polish think, each one like it might be the best? Or do you kind of do 
a reasonable amount of time work on all of them. Sometimes I've actually with clients told them I, I go for a reasonable. Yeah, I've actually told some clients before that like if you end up needing this picture for like a poster or something, let me know and I can like remove the tape on the ground, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and do a little bit more. Yeah. Well, um, I forgot what the saying is, but like usually like your 90 percent is usually good enough for the client, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. I want to always do my best work, but doing like 200 hours of editing, it's like, come on. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so if, if someone wanted to use this for a print or something else, like what would you have done to this image to make it better in your opinion? Um, I probably would have said, forget that the light was like this during the actual show. And I would have either made it way more yellowy orange, or I would have clicked on the white walls or the white floor with the white balance picker and just made it like white which is not Mm. how the moment looked in the show but i think that would have looked better for like a photo gotcha um i would have tried to remove some of the distortion i would have definitely straightened it i would have removed a lot of the scratches on the floor and the sticker um i might have upped the contrast a bit so that the rim lighting is kind of more visible on like the dancers backs um yeah i don't know i would have just kept like editing it you know mm-hmm. cool yeah, I'm, just, I'm just curious yeah <laughs> no it's it's kind of fun to talk about a picture where it's like not like perfect perfect mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna pull yours up okay Ooh. okay um this is really cool so this is a photo shoot photo yep um, Love my photo shoots <laughs> yeah <laughs> this was taken at Bates, was it it's okay it's so the reason i thought that is that there's like a really big building in the back that has like windows and almost looks like college e was this taken on a college campus somewhere yeah good guess (laughs) okay it's got that style of college campus where is this taken at uh university of maryland college park okay um so it's raining in the photo and there's a flash and off camp camera strobe maybe behind the dancer Um, You can't see it, but it's like shining towards the camera. So it's creating a rim light look, which, wow, we just talked about in my picture. Um, Yeah, that's actually kind of similar. Yeah, the light is like shining through her hair and stuff. And it's um, raining in the photo. Um, So all of the water droplets are frozen and actually almost looks like there's like glitter in the air or uh, stars or something. Um, It's pretty cool. And it's like color edited maybe this image is like a slight bit confusing for because for a second i thought maybe there was a purple gel like on the flash um but i don't know that it would be this purple so maybe it, you added the purple in post or something you can talk about that in a minute but um do you want to guess the settings first yeah i'm not sure that this is like the highest resolution download of this image is it uh because when i zoom in on it it looks like super pixely oh then it's um, not <laughs> which i don't think this was taken with like a rebel camera <laughs> no this was with my 5d mark IV. um so yeah so i would guess that the iso was 100 actually maybe not because the flash is behind the dancer but you have to have some light hitting her from the front there's definitely some from the front okay iso 100 this one's a tricky one, I will say. Right, yeah, so. I'm doing my best. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I'm saying ISO 100 because if you're using strobes, you can usually shoot pretty low. Um, shutter speed, like, irrelevant because you're dealing with the sync speed of the flashes. So I would guess 1 60th of a second. But, like, also the flash is what's freezing motion. So, okay. Um, well, that is if you have a light from the front. I'm guessing you have two lights. Wow, I'm getting really slow and nerdy about this. Okay, ISO 100, shutter speed 1, 1 160th of a second, F 2.8. Actually, the building's pretty sharp in the back. F 5.6 is my new answer. Uh, 70 millimeters. Okay, so this was <laughs> shot at 100 millimeters, but on my 70 to 200. Okay. Um, F 2.8. Actually, oh, I was wow. at one over two hundredth of a second. Okay, well that's ISO right. ISO two hundred. Right? Yeah. You were using flash. ISO two hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
And so the reason I had to actually still have a relatively high, or I wanted to have a relatively high shutter speed is you'll see like the the building lights in the back. And then there was actually, there were a couple like these lamp posts near her that were, had still had some ambient light. So I didn't want to have too low of a shutter speed. Um, yeah, and I wanted yeah. to make sure I could still freeze them because they were like, they were, this is a relatively still uh, pose, but there were also some like jumps and stuff. So it was easier mm-hmm. to just have a higher shutter speed and just keep it that way the whole time instead of adjusting flash power and shutter speed. Right. I mean, you're dealing with the ambient light of the building back there anyway. So, yeah. Um, And so this was a this was with three dancers and we just kind of rotated. So I put my flash in a Ziploc bag (laughs) and I would have them take turns going behind each other and shining uh, the strobe from behind them. And it was only one light. So actually, straight out of camera, it's very, very dark. On the front uh, that's that's all that's all ambient light. Fascinating. Okay. But I thought when you I, maybe had like a soft box on that side and then the light behind it because you no, see like well, on her the abs. problem is with yeah well the problem with that is if I added a strobe you would have seen a lot of the rain frozen in front of her as well it would I have see. taken okay. away that silhouette effect yeah um, yeah so that's that's from like that like oh, ambient wait, I, I was talking about that's to the side of her okay yes 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 and actually I recovered a lot of this post so like straight off camera it was very very like almost a straight up silhouette but I was able to raise the shadows a lot without mm-hmm. losing too much data. Um, and then I did change the color. The flash was blue. So I changed it with a hue slider in Lightroom to make it more purple. Okay. So you didn't have a gel uh, on the flash. No. Uh, and then fun fact, actually, the lights in the building, like one room was off and the other wasn't. So I clone stamped it to make it symmetrical because oh, cool. <laughs> it was bothering yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, um, no, those um, yeah. little details make a really big difference. Yeah. So this was, I, I had worked with all three dancers before. They were um, part of, actually, I think at the time they still were part of, they were still going to school and they were um, part of one of the dance teams that I had done mm-hmm. a photo shoot with. And I knew all three of them. So I just reached out like, hey, I want to do a photo shoot in the rain. Can we pick a couple dates? And when it rains, like, let's go for it. And they were down and uh, it was really fun. Yeah. Um. Man, I had a question about this, and then I forgot it. Oh, um, were you using, maybe you just said this, but your, spe- your speed light or your um, strobe? Uh, speed light, because okay, it this was, was before smaller, you had... it was more portable. No, I had my strobe, but I was like, it's not, wor- I don't need that much power, because okay. I knew I could just turn the flash, you know, speed, uh, the flash power up for this one. I didn't need that much mm-hmm. power, because I wasn't trying to overpower the sun or anything. Right, right. So yeah, cool. just a little flash. Man, you make me want to go do more rain photo shoots. I told you that day you should have gone and done it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a little last minute. Yeah, but uh, um, and then it was and then shot. it was oh it was funny because I would have one dancer was the subject, the other dancer was behind the dancer, and then sometimes I would have the other dan- the third dancer hold the umbrella for me in case because <laughs> I I could I didn't always have a roof yeah. depending on where we were so they were all involved for every single image <laughs> That's pretty cool though. Yeah. That's fun. Um I guess it's time that I give you some feedback on it. Uh-huh. Um it's a little bit hard for me to uh tell because like when I do zo- zoom in it's kind of like grainy but I I don't think that's how it actually looks. I think it's like a lower res download. Um, I am curious as to how it would look with a front light, like a really soft front light, mm-hmm. because I know you had to recover a lot of the shadows in post. And I wonder if that's why it has kind of a grainy quality, Uh huh. um, but it would be less silhouette. So it'd be a totally different look of a photo. Um, yeah. and I know silhouette is what you were going for. Um, but like a really soft front light would be interesting as well. And I know it would catch the raindrops in the front. Um, and then I'd like to see it like the same thing with other colors. Did other images from the shoot, did you edit them all purple or? No, this was actually one of the only ones. The okay. rest of them, I, I left them more or less blue or white. Um, I liked that look the best, but I did want to just mess around to see what was possible mm-hmm. with colors. But yeah. I liked that like clean white light look the best yeah yeah with like a blue tint but you know um yeah the last thing i would be interested in is if you were like had the camera almost on the ground uh i i i, I did i was lying on my oh, stomach you did? for all of these you did mm-hmm. okay 
Yeah. It's interesting that the ground has that like slightly upward angle then. Well, it's it looks because like the camera is like a foot or two off the ground. Well, I, it's because I think um, I was shooting at a more zoomed out focal length at 100 because I was I was trying to capture the building behind her mm-hmm. instead of cropping in tight. So because of that, I did have to angle it up a little bit more. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. It would be interesting. But to I was see, like, I was lying on my stomach for basically the whole shoot. Look, yeah. I was like lying in puddles all night. It was it's pretty fun f- doing a that. A fun isn't time. It? Yeah, <laughs> I'd be interested in like obviously I'm saying this because this is like my favorite photo aesthetic. But forgetting the building and just the getting like a floor. sweet floor reflection <laughs> with her. Wouldn't that be yeah. cool? Like she's in a puddle. It's like kind of perfect. Yeah. No, for um, sure. I actually didn't even think of that because I was the whole time I was trying to for this particular one I was trying to figure out how to frame the building correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, because also her shape it's looking up, so I was like everything is reaching upwards. Yeah. Um, having the building there is really cool because if you were to crop just below the building, it doesn't put her in like a real place, you yeah. know, like it almost looks like she's photoshopped onto like a cool space background, <laughs> it, you know, it's like really artsy, but not like based really in reality. But then having the building there is like, wait, she's like in a real place in a real time but then like also Mm -hmm. why is there purple glitter everywhere you know it's a cool mix (laughs) i like it a lot like that um cool well these were cool images yeah all right Um, let's move to uh discovery Discovery of the week week. let's let's wrap this up do you want to go first sure so i uh started teaching back at the studio this past week like in the studio which was crazy being back um it was cool it was so we did um we have boxes taped out on the floor now for that are like six feet or i think they're eight feet in diameter and then they're another like two or three feet apart from each other so you're more than six feet apart from mm-hmm. other people when you're in the box um so all the all the students stayed in their box and wow, then i was then we also had students joining in through zoom so i had my laptop set up at the front of the class so i was like it was really weird trying to watch the students on Zoom and in the studio at the same time. So I ended up doing like, all right, in-studio group, go. Okay, Zoom group, go. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I mean, it was just so nice being back in the studio. Like, I didn't really, like, being back in the physical building felt so good. I wasn't expecting it to feel that cathartic, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be honest. Like, it was yeah. a really cool moment. Um. But uh, f- we also all have to dance with masks. So my discovery of the week was uh, don't dance with the N95 medical masks. Uh, dance with the fabric mask because I taught with the medical mask on for the first hour and I was dying. Like it just doesn't absorb moisture. I was like breathing in my own like uh, like spit and stuff basically after a while. And the fabric one still had that but not as much so are you talking I, about like the blue surgical ones with the little yeah, yeah 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 sorry i'm probably not calling it the right thing sorry yes yeah oh interesting um, those ones um were worse for you yeah like i okay. was having a terrible time with that and like the mask was dripping wet by the end i mean that was the same with fabric but the fabric one but uh yeah i just i don't know maybe it was just me but that was my hmm. personal discovery of the week teach with a fabric mask cool nice um okay well my discovery of the week is i've sort of been trying to figure out how to like get around the city easier and whatnot because the trains are running the buses are running but i just don't want to buy a hoverboard no man i wish though that'd be fun (laughs) that's how all the cool vloggers do it i know one wheeling um but i have like a scooter (laughs) oh it's like a, a razor scooter with like bike sort of tires that i had been using for a while and scootering is like no joke it is actually hard work exercise especially on the leg that's like bending up and down going up hills like it's not easy um but this week i actually got a year membership for the city bikes in new york um it's pretty cheap it's actually like 180 or something for a whole year of using the city bikes um i don't know if like dc has them for any of our listeners that live in places without them basically there are little stations like every block or two like there there are tons of them and they have the bikes and then if you have a membership you just can like unlock a bike and take it somewhere and drop it off at a different station um so at first i was like i don't know if i'm gonna really use this that much but then um i used it to get to the train station uh yesterday and it was quite easy 
Um, and it made me almost think like, well, maybe I need to just have an actual bike here, but there's something really nice about being able to drop it off at the station and then not have the bike anymore. Like if you bike to a grocery store, you don't want to take the bike into the grocery store with you. So being able right. to just leave or it off. Or have to drag that bike all the way up to your apartment building every day. Yeah. I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. So to just leave it like in a dock and be like, no, I don't have a bike anymore. Um, I've been really liking it so far. So any New York people who are like struggling getting around, I would recommend it. They're super heavy, not that fun to ride. Um, they're like little <laughs> tanks, but uh, they're convenient. So it's probably to make sure people don't steal it. Yeah. They're like not fun bikes, but um, yeah, I'm going to bike around. Cool. Well, this is a good episode. Um, yeah. Talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Make sure you go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Sp I don't know if Spotify has reviews, but go leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and make sure you follow the Still in Motion Podcast Instagram, Still in Motion Podcast. You can also email us at stillinmotionpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, let me know if, if anyone out here is a, a camera nerd, let me know what your thoughts are on the R5. Although I already bought it, so, I mean, yeah. only if tell me have, good things. <laughs> if you have bad thoughts about the R5, don't email them to us at stillinmotionpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> no, 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 I do. I, do, I want to hear all thoughts. But yeah, all sorry. thoughts? Okay. Uh, cool. And then uh, <laughs> make sure you follow me on Instagram, Media, and Catherine at Catherine.Butler. And thank you to Amanda Blythe for our graphic design and Shannon McConnell for our podcast music. We will see everybody next week. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.